Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. How's everybody doing today? I know I might not look like that handsome guy that stands up here almost every week, but I am your preacher today. If you don't know who I am, thank you. I am Pastor Drew, the elementary pastor here. Um, I'm a lifelong heartener, and I love being back at home. And um, so I might not be as polished as Pastor Dave, because he's got many more years on me, but I, what I bring is the heart of God. And so everything that God was doing in this service today is just a combination of what he's been speaking to me these last couple weeks as I've been preparing this message. But I wanna tell you parents, thank you for laying that foundation. Thank you for pouring into a generation because this generation's gonna change the world. This generation's gonna see things that we didn't see. And you know, I am thankful for the time and effort you put in to helping your kids learn the scriptures, read the words. You know, Pastor Dave couldn't be here today, but I'm a byproduct of Pastor Dave's ministry in this region. I would never thought 20, 23 years ago, 22 years ago, that I would be standing up on this stage because I was a 12 year old kid listening to Pastor Dave preach. And I'm gonna tell you, it's a byproduct of his heart for people and his heart for this community and region. So I love to give honor where honor's due, so he'll watch this probably later. So thank you, Pastor Dave, for everything you poured into me over the years. But we're gonna dive into the Word of God. How many of you guys are ready to dive into the Word of God? If you have your Bible today, I want you to pick it up and I want you to turn to Luke chapter 6, 46 through 49. Because I don't think it was planned today that we were gonna be talking and singing and a lot of prophetic words were coming my way over this week, but we're talking about foundations. We're talking how to build that foundation, not just for your kids, but for your own life. So, in Luke chapter six, verse 46 and 49, I'm gonna read you the word of God and here's what it says. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I pray, God, as we dive into this word, God, that you would just let it marinate in our hearts. Lord, I pray, Jesus, let us be sponges as we hear your word. Let us absorb all that you have for us in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys wanna know, as we look at these verses, what came to part to me was where it says, Lord, Lord. If you're, not gonna, call, if you're gonna call for the Lord to do something in your life, you better be obedient. You better be listening to the Holy Spirit because when you're obedient, God uses that. You know, if we say, Lord, Lord, I need you, but we don't ever listen then we never stay obedient to his word. 
You know, last week I was watching online and I had kidney stones. And that's where I said, Lord, Lord, take this away. Let me go home. Because if you ever had kidney stones, I, I will never, ever, I will be so sympathetic to the next person. People have compared it to having a baby or, you know, getting a gunshot. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, last week I was saying, Lord, Lord, do whatever you got to do, but get me out of here. Um, I'm thankful that I passed it after a few days. But you know what? You can't say, Lord, Lord, and not be obedient to what he's selling you. Because, you know, if you're going to call it to God, then you've got to stand in the gap and hear what he's saying. We can't go, Lord, Lord, and then go, oh, I'll do whatever I want. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. No, you have to be obedient to what God is saying. Because if you're going to call out to him, he's going to listen and he's going to respond. Jesus is not just saying to hear the word, but to be people of action. What we're doing in this church for kids, for teenagers, for young adults is building a foundation. Like I said, I'm a byproduct of being here. I know what God can do. Part of my foundation is what God did in me through this church, in this church, not in this physical building, but through this place. People who are gonna stand against the evil one. Let me tell you something about this world. We live in a place that is trying to attack every being of our religious freedoms. It's trying to attack every part of what God created the nation to be. And what are we doing? Are we going to say, hey, oh, we ain't strong enough. We aren't built strong enough to hand this storm. No, we're built strong because we have Jesus Christ in us. We are birthed by the same spirit that he's given to his people. And we need to claim it from the rooftops. We need to say that we are who God calls us to be. And we're going to stand our ground. Part of this message today, later on, we're going to talk about staking your claim into the ground and putting that stake and saying, no matter what's coming, I'm hanging on as tight as possible. I am not letting go. Because you know what? Things will crack. Things will falter. But if you don't bend and you don't break, God's got us. You've got to be obedient to what God's doing in our lives. See, when we talk about that man who was obedient to his word, it's like a builder who dug deep, you know, I, was, I saw Tassir a little earlier. You want to know about building, you got to talk to the Alasanis because they're builders. Man, you got to build that foundation. If you don't build that foundation, you know what happens? It's not going to be, it's not going to handle the storms. It's not going to handle what's going on. Um, I moved to Ankeny in March, and we, for lack of better words, we built a house, and all these other houses are being built around us, and I'm watching all these foundations being built. You know, all it takes is one misstep and there's no foundation. It's just built on a solid plane. And I'm watching as my wife wants to dig down and go down into the creases of these ditches, of these foundations, and see what they're doing. Because you know, the truth is, when we build a foundation, it's a lot of work. It's time consuming. How many of you go, oh man, my kid, my kid's asking all these questions and I just don't have time to answer. I don't have time to answer about what, what God did in this moment in the scripture. Man, that's the time where you say, hey, I'm going to dig deep and I'm going to share what Jesus is speaking to them through. I'm going to share what God's doing. Because I'm going to tell you something. Life has its disasters. Life has its moments that you just want to be like, God, I give up. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. That's when you hang on and you say, my foundation I built is a solid, firm foundation. It's a rock that won't be shaken and won't be moved. If you guys got that picture, 
a few years ago, um, there was this hurricane that hit on the East Coast. And I wish there was a better picture to get a bigger view. But this is the one house that stood because it reinforced, it built a solid foundation. And um, I rewatched the video that I watched about three or four years ago when I found this. And he built the foundation to reinforce it, to handle the greatest storms that could ever come on earth. This survived a category five hurricane, this house, because it was so deep in the ground that it was unmovable, it was unshakable. It could not go anywhere because he built so deep and reinforced some of these walls to withstand the greatest storm. What are we building to withstand our greatest storm? What stake are we putting in the ground? Are we standing firm on the promises of God? When the life and the storms come, what are we doing to hang on to what God has? In March, you guys probably all know that hurricane that hit winter set. I was living in Norwalk. Or not, uh, tornado, sorry, thank you, Laura. Tornado. And I was living in Norwalk at the time, and they were like projecting it to hit in Norwalk. And I was two weeks away from moving. My first thought was, oh, Jesus, don't destroy our house. I need, I need this money to come in to buy this other house. And uh, I was praying the wrong motive prayers at the moment. And my wife looks at me and goes, it's all going to be okay. As we're hanging out in our basement and the TV went out, I go, oh, this is it. This is it. Um, oh, yeah, this is definitely it. Um, and I said, God, what are you doing? I need this foundation to stay right. I need this foundation to stay straight. I don't need any shingles ripped off. I don't need any roof tear apart. And as, as the storm was coming through, I prayed this prayer. I said, Jesus, this is your foundation. Keep us safe. Keep us protected. And all of a sudden, the storm passed I heard the noise. It sounded like the roof was ripping off the, our townhome. And I go, oh, Jesus, no. And it sounded so flood. There was water coming in into our main level. because the, And I was like, oh, Jesus, this is it. God, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, the storm passed. The eye of it hit five or 10 miles south of where we were. Because, see, God built a firm foundation inside me, not to stand on what I hear from the world, but to stand on the promises of God. Because I was built with a solid foundation to know who God is in me and through me. And when we walk in obedience of who God calls us to be, we can stand firm when the storms of life hit. You know, obedience is to hear God's word and to act accordingly. In the Old Testament, the word obey meant to hear. And in the New Testament, it's translated to trust. If we are gonna be people of God's word, we need to put trust in our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to put the firm foundation by holding on to the things that God has placed in you. This is something, what's interesting is this Bible, it's not, I guess it's black, but I have a Bible that, Hartland gave me when I graduated, and I don't ever let it on my house because it's really 19 years old. That makes me feel really old now. Um, but see, what happened was, this is my foundation. This book is 66 books into one book. It's a one-book book. This is my foundation. This is wherever I've been in my life, been through some battles physically, mentally, emotionally. This is where I've held on to. I've held on to the word. I've held on to the truth of who God is. 
The world we live in today, the culture's trying to tell us we need to do this or we're not politically correct. We need to do this or we're going against. We don't need to follow culture. We need to follow Jesus. We need to build it upon this. This, to a lot of people, might seem a little crazy, but I'd rather build on this and go down swinging for Jesus than to build on the world that says this is okay and that's okay. I know what's okay because in the word it says this is what's okay. This is my foundation. This is the goodness. This is the righteousness. This is the faithfulness. I was in... I was in youth ministry for 11 years, and when God called me to go to kids, I go, what are you doing, God? What are you doing? People in my last church were like, oh, you're going to go be a senior pastor. And I, was, and I thought, oh, maybe I might. But when God called me to kids, I realized it was a time and season that I needed to be a foundation setter. I told God in a prayer about a year ago, I said, if I'm, you're calling me to kids, I want, a found, I want to set a foundation when they get to the teenage role, when they get to those issues, when they become teenager, they have a foundation to hold on to. They have a stake in the ground. Because I, as 11 years in youth ministry, I have seen, I have met my share of people, of kids, who hadn't had that firm foundation. They didn't know where to stand when the rocks and the waves were coming. And now I can tell you, Pastor Chantel and I, we have a vision and a heart for your kids. We want to see a firm foundation built that with, can withstand any storms that come their way. But you know what? To be a foundation setter, here's what you got to do. You've got to be in the word. You've got to pray. You've got to spend time with him. You've got to know what your foundation is. Because I'm telling you, you can get on the news. I can get on the news right now and get on Google, Yahoo, whatever. And I can read, oh, this is the way the world's going. This is the new world. No, we have to understand who our foundation is. We have to know who God is in us because that's what's gonna set us free. That's what's gonna build it. And that's when we are going through our hard times, that's what stake's gonna be in the ground that we're gonna hang on to. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Like the man in this parable, building this foundation, the rock, we have to build our foundation on Jesus, which is our rock. <sighs> Praise you, Jesus. We can't waver. You know, there's so many things that's trying to break our foundation. Just the other day, me and my wife were having a conversation about high gas prices, and she wanted to carpool again and, uh, to save money. She's, no, she's frugal. She ain't cheap. She's frugal. <laughs> but you know what? We built a foundation to say whatever we can do to save money and put it back into the kingdom of God. We give not because I want to give. I give because I know we sow into things that can change the world around us. I can't go overseas, but I can give. I can so, so support and sow into a ministry because of what they're doing in the East I can do so much more by having finances to do that. But things will continue. Persecution, famine, inflation may still continue to come. But we have to stand. We're well built. We're solid rock. We aren't going to be movable and we aren't going to be shakable. You know, I'm going to treat you like teenagers and the kids. You all are that heart. Because that's what I tell, my, that's what I tell kids. And that's what I tell teenagers. I say, we need to declare that we are unmovable generation unmovable, unshakable. Our foundation is anchored in who Jesus is. Because when it's anchored in who Jesus is, you know what happens? You will change the world. 
Change can only come when you realize that you are the avenue of change. And if you decide that you won't relent, that you won't give in to the pressures of this world, then you won't crack. You won't give up. To hear Jesus, to do what he says, it's like a home building a solid foundation. Such a home can stand up against the floods of life. Even when the surging waters beats against the house, it stands because it's well built. You know, I think of that verse 49 when it talks about its destruction was complete. When you don't build on a solid foundation, it destroys. It cannot withhold, withstand the storms of life. And I pray in this room, none of you are building your foundation on a solid ground. You need to dig deep in the wells and have Jesus flow in and flow out because we have to build that foundation of who God is. You know, I have a lot of notes here, but as I feel like God's telling me, we are called to love one another. We are called just to show the world our mercy and our strength and our, and our grace. We can't look at our own faults or others' faults. We need to follow the word of Jesus. People who choose to build without a foundation will eventually feel sadness, pain, hurt, sorrow because they've built on something that's not sustainable. It's not lasting. There's a Bible story I'm going to talk about for a couple minutes. Elijah and the prophets of Baal. How many of you guys ever heard that in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 16 through 45? I'm not going to read all that for you, so you say amen. Um, but you can read that later because what I love about that story is Elijah was already building that foundation. He already had that. So when the storms were coming and the Baal prophets were saying, ah, our God is better, Baal is better, Baal is so much better, he stood on the ground as his firm foundation and said, I'm not gonna be shaken. And you know, the story goes, there's 450 Baal prophets and there's only one man of God, one, Elijah. And Elijah, so he's, he feels like God just tells him, hey, Let's, let's, let's do a sacrifice. Get two bowls. Let's see whose God is real. Let's see which God is real. So the Baal, Baal worshipers, they put the bowl on, bowl on the altar, and they're just like praying, and they're dancing. They're slicing themselves, and they're like, gee, they're like, Baal, 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 we. And I love it. It says in Scripture about noon, Elijah gets up and starts to taunt <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep on cutting yourself. Keep on, keep on doing, woo, dancing. Keep on doing all those junky trips and woo. No, he just keeps on taunting them and taunting them. And all of a sudden, nothing's happening. And then he said, let, let, let me show you who the living God is. Let me show you where to build your foundation. And so he puts his bowl on the altar fixes up, puts 12 stones around for the 12 tribes. Then, crazy, he's crazy to me. He puts water. He dumps water over it. Then he dumps water again. He does this four times. He dumps water on the altar. Do you guys know something about fire and water? They do not go together. You cannot start a fire after water. But when you have the Holy Spirit, anything can ignite. Anything can ignite the Baal worshipers 
did things out of duty and and religion, but Elijah was doing it out of relationship. Responsibility is a religion. Vulnerability is relationship. Here's another way I'm gonna put it for you guys. Duty makes you do, but intimacy is why you stay. Because religion says, hey, this is a duty. This is a responsibility. I feel like I have to sit here. I have to do this. I have to pray three times a day. I have to stand up and show this. But relationship is why you want to be it. Because intimacy shows you the heart of God. You don't do it because you have to. You do it because you want to. You're willing. You're willing. We are are committed to obedience. To building a solid, well-built foundation. God's heart is to mold us and shape us, but to be changed around us. Obligation comes out of religion. Obedience comes out of relationship. When our desire is relationship with God, we walk in freedom of who God is. And when we walk in religion, it's bondage. Some of you guys know my parents. Um, Did I get their permission? We'll find out later. Um, But I remember growing up, Until my dad got here and got set free, he was a religious man, grew up in a religious home. Things had to be done out of duty. And I remember I was six years old, went to the small little church in Illinois, and at Sunday night, it was July. How you guys know, July is hot. And I go, hey, dad, can I, six years old, remember this. I'm like, hey, dad, can I wear shorts to church? It's one week, it's 95 degrees. You guys now know how that feels. Last week, it was hot. Um. And he said, son, I'll, I'll spare you the nice version. I'll, I'll give you the nice person. He goes, no, you cannot wear shorts. We're going to a house of prayer. And I go, are you sure? And I kept on be, me being me, pushing him to his limit. He said, you don't even get to wear jeans. Now you have to wear the suit and tie. And you guys know, at six years old, a suit and a tie in the middle of July on a Sunday night, it was like I was wearing a fire suit. I was like, "Ah, ah," and I'm sweating and I'm drenching and I cannot feel anything. You know who had the real punishment? It wasn't me. It was my mother. She had to clean that suit every week because my punishment was all of July, I had to wear a suit on Sunday night. And the truth is, when we think it's about religion, it's out of duty. And my dad has said this over the years, when he got to Heartland, it quit being religion and it started being relationship. There started to be freedom in who he was and what he was called to do. I'm thankful to say that's not who my parents are anymore, but I'm telling you, they lived under that religion. It's a duty, it's a responsibility when it should just be about relationship and who God is. I'm telling you, when you lay a foundation for you and your kids, it's not about the religious aspect but it's about the relationship with Jesus. When you operate, when you operate from an open heaven, you operate out of an intimacy with Jesus. You operate out of a communion with him. I am not in ministry because I think I'm the best at it. I'm in ministry because God has called me this, to build relationships and see Jesus come through kids. I thought one of these days I might move away from kids, but when God last year said, Drew, you're gonna go lower and you're gonna go younger, and I go, oh, Jesus, I'm getting older. Um, I said, God, when you called me out of youth ministry, I was happy, not happy, I love my kids, but I was like, oh, and then I get with these kids. Your kids are awesome. Don't get me wrong when I say this. They're awesome, but they have so much energy that I haven't been prepared for. 
teenagers don't talk to you. Kids talk your head off. And they're like, da, da, da. I'm like, and there's like six of them at a time in my ear. I'm like, okay, which one said which? And I've got to remember how to love on them and, you know. But when you do things out of relationship, religion does not matter. Building a foundation can't come overnight. It's built brick by brick, layer by layer. It's learning God's word and understanding and putting it into practice. These two builders knew about Jesus. These two builders. One decided to build a foundation. The other one decided just to build without a foundation. And if you guys know, living in Iowa, you need to build a foundation because, because of tornadoes, because of storms. But Jesus says, those who build their lives on my teaching will withstand the storms of life. This week has been a challenging week. I know some of you know me, some of you don't. I'm a very organized guy. And it wasn't until Thursday that I got this done. Usually I have this sermon done three weeks ahead. I have it memorized. I have an understanding. But God's just been dealing with my heart. And Thursday we were in prayer. So this is not a seamless plug. In mornings there are prayer meetings that happen. And they change the atmosphere in this region. And um, I remember Thursday I did not want to wake up and come. But I promised one of our elders that I would be here to give him something. And I woke up and everything, there was a prophetic word given during the middle of prayer, and it was talking about foundations. It was talking about building the right foundation that the gates of hell cannot destroy. So I'm just going to read a little bit of what Pastor shared in the midst of this. There is a global war that is affecting the foundation of the world, and we need to dig deep, deep for our lives to have a foundation to hold up. When you build things, it takes time, takes effort, commitment, you want to do what is right. That same process for our spiritual foundation takes time. It takes to withstand the lies of the world and to hear the truth of the Lord. When I think of the word foundation, I think of digging deep, having a secure place, a stake in the ground. The deeper it goes, the more roots it has to hang on to. To lay a foundation, there are steps in order to ensure that foundation is sustainable and we can withstand the storms. The reason why we need to build well is for one reason. It's because when storms come, we are place and beacon of hope for those who are destroyed and lost. I said earlier, we need to declare in our lives that we are unshakable, unmovable generation, and we're gonna build a foundation that can't be moved by the lies of the world. We have to be a generation of believers that is unmovable, that won't crumple when everything's around us. That our, our house, our building will stand strong. Because I'm going to tell you, God needs us to stand strong for his goodness, his faithfulness, and his righteousness. That's what's being attacked in our world today. The, fat, the firm foundation of who Jesus is. I can't imagine being a teenager and go to school, or kids going to school, because of what I've heard in the past, and what I still hear is, man, what their experience at first grade, what their experience at third grade, I never experienced in my school life at all. That's why it's important in what we do, and what you do as parents and grandparents, what you do as family members, is help build that foundation, so they know who they are. 
they know when somebody's trying to teach something, they go, uh-uh, that doesn't fill with my Holy Spirit inside of me. That does not, that, that's not happening. That's not happening. Because we have to be unmovable, unshakable. And you only build that by knowing the word of God, knowing who God is in you and through you. Something, I've got a couple more minutes. Something that was a foundational piece in my life. Um, some of you probably like notice something's a little different with my body, the way I hold things, maybe a way I walk. All the kids say, why do you limp? And I love it. I'm not shying away from what God did in my life. I was born with cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy is a disability resulting from damage to the brain before or during birth. It causes disorder movements, even posture due to defect of the brain. Yeah, I have a learning disability. Um, my parents were told, to be honest with you, to have an abortion, to be honest. My parents were told to abort me because I was never going to be a healthy child. They actually, the doctor, I, we, me and my mom years ago wanted to go back to this doctor, but he has soon passed away, and tell him, look, you told me, which my mom said, I was never going to walk, and I was never going to talk. I was never going to live a free life. Look at this. I am free because of Jesus. When you build on the foundation of who Jesus is, you're unshakable. You're unmovable. I can count how many times my mom dragged me to an altar, dragged me to a church service, says, we're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for the anointing. We're going to pray that Jesus set you free. I'm going to tell you, I said, I'm going to share a story about Heartland years ago. We went on this as a teenager. I was a senior. We went to this youth conference up in Toronto. And some of you guys probably know what's happened in Toronto over the years. We went to Toronto, Canada, and we went to this youth service. And I don't know what it was with my mother, but she was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to pray healing happens. I'm like, mom, we've been praying for healing for 18 years. And I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden when I said that, my, the spirit of Jesus came over me and said, nah, uh I'm claiming it again. I'm putting that stake in the ground and I'm saying who I am is God's gonna heal me. And we got up there and nothing happened. And I was disappointed. We actually, my mom and I, she made me stand against the wall and measure myself because I'm about to tell you a really cool story. My right leg was an inch and a half shorter than my left leg. My hand was closed, always like this, could never open. It hurt to open it. And I remember my mom said, we're going to pray for healing. And we were up there for that three-day conference, and the healing never come. I was kind of so disappointed. We were in these vans. We had three vans, 21 kids, and about seven leaders. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know what it was. And I still, this day, I get goosebumps of what God did. Because it doesn't have to happen in the four walls of the church. Because you are the church. You build that foundation. And I remember we were driving 3 a.m., bunch of teenagers screaming, yelling. There was a few Ryans in there. I know that. There was a few Ryans in there. Um, and I remember I was the oldest. And the Holy Spirit came into that van. We were the lead van. Came into that van. And the person driving was our youth pastor time and says, I feel something. And he's driving off the road at this point. And I'm like, okay, he's tired. He's, oh no, oh Jesus, I'm praying. Okay, God, I'm saying my last prayers. 
and he's driving and he goes, I feel like I need to transfer this to somebody who, who's, who's bold, who's willing to be that transfer of what Holy Spirit's doing inside of me. And all the other kids, I look at all the other kids and they're like, you're the oldest. You, 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 you set the standard. And I remember I went, I, I got down, okay, sorry, all you parents, this is not what usually happens in, in youth. So I, I laid on the van floor and he put his hand on me. All of a sudden, I, I laid, not on the seats, but on the, like, the bottom of the seats. And I was laying on the floorboards. And then all the other kids were like, whoa, give me that! And then another kid fell on top of me. Another kid fell on top of me. Another kid, there was four kids on top of me. We're on the floorboard, and all we're going, and the Holy Spirit's just doing. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden Here's what happened. I said, God, I'm claiming that miracle. I'm putting my stake in the ground. All of a sudden, God, all those, all those boys got right off of me. And I put my legs straight out. And right before my eyes, my right leg grew out an inch and a half. And it felt like Jesus just pulled. It felt like an angel of the Lord just took right above my kneecap and pulled and pulled. And in that moment, that's my foundational piece. I know what God can do when you surrender to him, when you lay it at his feet. I'm going to close with this last thought. I'm going to put it into perspective. So, guys, it's like 5 a.m. We're trying to get home for service on Sunday morning. It's nuts. Like, I think it was Easter or Mother's Day. I don't know where we were, um, what time frame. But it was one of those holidays. And we're trying to get home because, man, we know Sunday, Pastor Dave is going to be like, oh, going to be blessed by us being there. And all the kids. I mean, we roll in about 8, 30, 9 o'clock in service. And he's like, oh, you guys all look good, you know. We smell, we stink. But, man, Jesus was there. Jesus was there. I'm telling you. And all of a sudden, we stopped. It's gotta, we were stopping in Chicago. And we stopped to grab some, just go to the bathroom. We all get out, and I will never, ever forget this. 21 kids kind of get out of three vans, and we look like we're drunk. We look like we can't stand straight. People are looking at us and going in the gas station. And this guy comes in, this big monster truck, pulls up. He's got tattoos all over the place. Tattoos are not bad, okay? Um, and he just scared me as a kid. So tattoos all over the place. He, and he walks to the cooler, grabs a 24 pack of beer. And I'm telling you, there's 21 kids walking down this, you know, um, gas station aisles. And we're just like, what do we eat? What do we do? As you guys notice behind me, worship's going to happen again. Cause I believe in worship. Um, and, um, all of a sudden we notice a few minutes later, he leaves not with a 24 pack of beer, but with a gallon of milk. And as he stepped into his huge monster truck, he literally there's four of us. We saw his eyes. He grabbed his milk, jumped in it, and he goes, what? what? Like you could say, the dumbfound on his face. Because when Jesus is in a room, it changes the atmosphere. It changes the way we live. It changes who God is in us. We build a foundation, and God delivers. I, I'm just going to end with that. There's nothing else to say. We have a few minutes I've asked the worship team because I believe in worship. I'm not, I'll come back up and dismiss. I don't want you to go get your kids yet. I want you to worship 
in these few moments. We're going to take, we're going to take 10 minutes and we're going to worship God because I believe our foundation, part of our foundation is worshiping who he is and claiming your stake and putting the ground and saying, I will not be moved. I will not be shaken because what God has in store for you and your families is powerful. Pastor Howell and I have been talking over the weeks. Man, families are important. Families are powerful. And so maybe your kids are not in here, but I want you to be praying for them. I want you to worship, build that foundation that can sustain anything that comes their way and your way. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.